from Forth. This is So What Do You Do? podcast. When someone tells you what they do for work, do you ever secretly think, okay, but what do you actually do? I'm Ellie, and you, my friend, are in the right place. We interview everyday professionals from all positions in all industries. So sit back, relax, and learn where you too can thrive in a nine to five. Hey team. Okay, we have a super special guest with us today. We have Carly, who is the executive director of Girls on the Run in South Louisiana. Carly's story is so awesome for many reasons, but one of them being that she really knew in college what she wanted to do, but ended up trying something a little different from some advice from mentors um, that really pushed her out of her comfort zone. Um, even though it ended up boomeranging her back to where she ultimately thought she wanted to be, which is in the nonprofit space. She talks a great deal about what she does today and gives some really great advice on how you can also get involved in nonprofit and ultimately learn and grow. But also, friends, stay tuned till the end because we do something that we've never done on the podcast before and we have a fourth favorites rapid fire question portion. It's amazing. Give it a listen. We can't wait to hear your thoughts on this episode with Carly. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today to the So What Do You Do podcast. We have a really exciting guest. We have Carly on the line. So without any further ado, I'm going to let Carly introduce herself. So Carly, welcome. And what do you do? Thank you. Uh, I am the executive director of Girls on the Run South Louisiana, a nonprofit organization. Awesome. Okay, so you are the executive director. That sounds really important and really exciting. So I'm excited for today to kind of jump in and hear what it is that you actually do in that role. And I'm sure anyone listening who's excited about the potential for nonprofit work in their life is on the edge of their seat. So I'm with, I'm not going to keep us any longer, but um, before we get to that part, um, I always like to kind of paint your story a little bit for my listeners. So if you would just talk us a little bit through your background, maybe um, what you studied in school, maybe your first job out of college and what really led you to this role today. Sure. So I am an I'm an LSU Manship grad, and um, so I studied um, mass communication uh, with a concentration in public relations at the LSU Manship School. And um, I absolutely loved my schooling experience. Um, I went into communication just because I knew I already knew I was going to be interested in nonprofit, um, and I felt like that was the best route. Um, so I, I knew that you know, using public relations, using all of those communication skills, it it would help me um, further along the process. So that's what I did. Um, And then I, right out of college, I took a job as a corporate wellness consultant, which if you know me, um, I've always been involved in health and wellness. So this was seemingly like a a step that I would take. but I learned a lot in that. And I also learned that I really did not, um, I did not fit in that role. I I did not fit in the corporate world in that way. Um, 
even though I, I had great relationships with the people I worked with, um, the people in the organization I worked for were, were incredible, but the work itself um, wasn't necessarily for me. And then um, pretty soon after that, or I guess about after a year and a half or so, um, I, I kind of went into the organization, the girls on the run organization. I, um, I had interned as uh, like a, a social media intern. Cause I mean, that's what you do. You're a man, you're, you're a mass communication student, nonprofit. Um, you know, usually the, an internship is something with social media. Mm-hmm. So I did that previously. Um, but then I took the full-time position as an event and communications, uh, manager. And then after a year or so of that, I moved into the event communications and development role (laughs) so you can kind of see it was evolving um and then after some time there uh, I actually moved into the director role awesome thank you Carly for that background and one thing that I also want to say that I think is great um is that you know you said briefly that in your college experience you had an inkling that you wanted to do nonprofit um, and you, you were in the communication school and yet you still took another job right out of school in, it was a fitness space, which you, you know, felt you had a passion for wellness space, but you want, you tried it in corporate and, you know, you realized quickly, Hey, this isn't for me. You stuck it out about a year and then you made the pivot back to nonprofit work. And I think that that's so important to call out and really highlight because you, if you would have jumped straight from school into nonprofit and stayed in nonprofit, you probably would have loved it and continued to love it the way you do now. But I don't know if you would have had a as much of an appreciation for it because you knew, I guess, through trial and error that the other route, maybe the corporate route, wasn't exactly for you. And and so do you want to speak to that a little bit? Do you find that to be true? Right. Um, I'm, I'm glad you wrote that because that was an intentional route I took. Um, I, I had a lot of conversations with people, um, with mentors in my life about, you know, should I jump straight into nonprofit? I know that's what I want to do. And um, I decided to take, you know, to be in a different industry. Um, and to see a different side of things. So, so yes, um, that's kind of one thing I, I, I would suggest. Um, I don't think it's like you said, I don't, I don't know if it, if it would have changed where I am right now, but at the same time, it gives me, it gave me a different perspective and that is always important. Right. And I think that that's, it's huge because perspective is everything. And I even remember in my first job, I, I had some great projects and I had some not so great projects. And a lot of my not so great projects came at the beginning. And I remember my mom saying, you know, Ellie, you're going to have so much appreciation for when it's good, right? When you're on a successful project or a smooth sailing project. And so um, she was absolutely right. And I remember feeling appreci- more appreciative down the road for things that went well (laughs) after things that maybe didn't go so well. So, um, totally. Now you mentioned you went straight from that corporate role into girls on the run and you served a couple different roles there and really moved your way through. And, and you said your role kind of grew and evolved, which is awesome. Um, so let's talk about two things I want you to really touch on. I would love for you to give us an overview of what girls on the run really do, what they do 
who they serve, what their mission is. And then also let's pivot into what you actually do. Let's just jump to the meat of the conversation and really unpack that as well. Sure. So um, Girls on the Run is a nonprofit organization that serves girls in third through eighth grade. Uh, we have a, a 10-week out-of-school program that teaches girls critical life skills. So it's really not about running, um, but it, it's about teaching life skills. And we have volunteers um, that meet with girls twice a week for 90 minutes over a 10-week season. Um, and, and so that's kind of our programming, um, and that's what we do. We serve our organization is a um, independent council of girls and women international so um, that just means that we serve a territory um, and that's south louisiana that's 18 parishes covering acadiana greater baton rouge and through saint tammany um, so the this region um and yeah and, and my role as as the director is to oversee programming and vision um, and just the financial well-being of the organization. Great. So vision, strategy, overall management within this area, like you mentioned, South Louisiana, that's great. Um, so what, walk us through maybe an average day, Carly, like maybe, okay. you know, what do you do? I don't know if there is an average day, but if you had <laughs> to paint an average day, what would that look like? Yeah. Well, I would, since we are in the right now in the middle of, um, I guess phase one, but out, you know, being at home, uh, an average day looks a little different right now than an average day in the office. But, um, if I was in the office, an average day, um, would look like getting in, starting emails. Um, I, I generally just have various conversations kind of going, um, little tasks that I'm working on. Um, and then once all our staff, we're, we're a small staff of three, but once we're all in the office, um, we generally have some sort of conversation about our program or some volunteer trainings happening or, or you know, some sort of event we're, we're planning. Um, I might have a meeting or a phone call with a board member or a sponsor or just a, a partner in the community. Um, but other than that, it's just back to emails and, and doing that or strategic planning. And then I, this is taken from a friend of mine. She kind of has an hour. She's like where I, she sets aside her, all the financial work or all of the paperwork. And so that's kind of what I started doing is I have an, a, you know, an hour in the afternoon where I just focus on the financials. So, um, so it might look like QuickBooks or paying bills. <laughs> and okay. That's about it. Yeah, that's okay. This is great. And I, so a little bit of tiny bit of more background on me and I, I have always served in business, but similar to you, when I was in college, I thought that I wanted to do nonprofit work. I actually interned in a one summer with the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital Atlanta office. And it was awesome, an amazing experience. I learned so much. And one of the things that really um, stood out to me about nonprofit work, and I would love for you to touch on this, is everyone has to kind of be a jack of all trades in some <laughs> respect. Like you have your, your role, but everyone, it's like a, such a team sport, I guess you could say. Talk a little bit about that because, I mean, you, you did not study finance, right? But that's part of your job now. And so talk a little bit about maybe 
you know, what that's looked like in your role and how you've been able to grow and learn other skills potentially. Yes. So that is so true. Um, if you were going into nonprofit industry, you, you know, that you, it's all hands on deck. Um, and I love that part of it because I like to be doing a lot of different things. So if you enjoy having a lot of things on your plate, um, or just different, different roles, then you're going to enjoy it. Um, but I think when you come into a nonprofit, you also know that, um, you know, you're going to be doing some heavy lifting too. So, I mean, and then that could be physical, like actual, like that's what we have to do. Um, but also just taking on projects that, um, that, that other people, um, that you just don't have other people to do. Like I said, we have three staff members, so, um, we have to do a lot. Um, but in the director role, that, that is one thing that you just really learn as you go. Um, and thankful for a board of directors that is really supportive, uh, you know, and helpful. And then the prior executive director and then our, our national organization um, providing, you know, opportunities and resources to learn. And I think if, again, being in a nonprofit, if you're willing to learn, and you're willing to be open to trying new things, um, then, then you'll just kind of learn as you go. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. And I love that you say, you know, you do have a board of directors. That's something pretty unique to nonprofits in general, especially them being really all hands on deck and help, you know, whatever, helping, giving guidance mm -hmm. um, and, and helping to steer the boat. Like you said, you have a small team. So really any sort of outside assistance is probably greatly appreciated on your part. And then, yeah, like I know you mentioned QuickBooks. It reminds me of, you know, kind of like being an entrepreneur where you're like, I didn't study this. I don't know accounting. I don't know finance, but it has to get done. It has to get done by someone. You're leading the ship at this point. And so you just got to dive right in. And like you said, do some heavy lifting. So I, that's a great description. Um, and, and like you said, previous executive directors that can, you can call on and reach out to and ask for help and guidance and all of that. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So you, d you gave a great kind of outline and summary of what an, an average or a typical day may look like in buckets. Um, and it sounds like there's a lot of both communication internally with your team, but then also externally. So whether that be with different chapters or, you know, donors or whoever that may be. Um, what would you say is your favorite thing about your job if you had to only pick one thing? Well, with Girls in the Run, it has to be the culture. Um, and I know that that's not necessarily a task, but, um, you know, I, I would encourage anyone looking for, looking to be a part of an organization is to look at the culture, um, the values that the organization has and how their staff work together. Um, my job wouldn't be the same. Like I can guarantee that different, you know, director roles in different organizations don't look the same, but at Girls on the Run, the culture is all about assuming positive intent, working together, um, making intentional decisions to, you know, and all of these things that we teach the girls, um, or rather that the volunteers teach the girls, um, that's in my job. Um, 
so it really helps when I'm trying to make a decision about programming um, for for fall with social distancing guidelines and, and pivoting and trying to you know make very important decisions for the organization we're going to have a discussion together and we're going to make the decision for the girls and for our community partners um, so that's a unique part of working um, in my role, you know, with Girls on the Run. Yeah, and culture is such, um, it's, it's crazy because it's such an important role it, to play in a job, right? But also what I find in the work that I do is that's the number one thing that students are looking for when they're looking to take that first job is, whether it's a nonprofit or not, it's what is the culture of this company, both you know, nationally, globally speaking, but also within this one office or within this one team. Did you know fully what Girls on the Run's culture was when you took that first job after leaving corporate America? Uh, yes, and, and that's that's why I took it. Um, I, I, I had been involved in the organization for a while before that, um, and and that's one thing I, w I would encourage people if you're interested, you know, you have to get involved early on um, or rather once you, once you know, you know, get involved. Um, and because of the, the experience I had with the organization, I was well aware that it was a positive culture um, and I was just itching to be a part of it. Mm, that's good. Yeah. And I think, like you said, get involved um, and be involved. I think that that's, uh, probably more obvious in ways to do with a nonprofit, but people don't always do it. And to your point, it's like, if they know that they want to be a part of nonprofit, but maybe they've never been a volunteer for that organization or been to an event, it's like, you're missing out on not only an opportunity to kind of put that on your resume and set you up for success, but also to learn, is this an organization I want to be a part of that I believe in the culture, I believe in the mission even further. Um, I think that's great. Right. I think that's and a lot of people don't, um, you know, I will say this is volunteering for an organization and working for an organization are two very different things. Um, and, and I do think that that's a misconception sometimes about working for a nonprofit. I, I a lot of, when I, when people ask me what I do, they're like, Oh, you must have so much fun working with the girls all the time. And, you know, unfortunately, I don't, I don't get to do that often. Um, and so, so that's also something to know that, um, that being in the office is different than being out on the, the field, you know? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And I, that you actually took a question out of my book, so I'm glad you answered it. But, uh, you know, how much time do you get to spend with, the girls or with the volunteers or with the chat, like different chapters in your area. And I think, you know, you said it perfectly. It's like being a volunteer is different than working for the organization as a whole. Both are great. Both serve the purpose. Both are working toward the mission, right? It's just, you have to kind of be okay that your job isn't going to be doing the volunteer. So maybe there's a different job that can serve that better or, or, you know, influence that desire better, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Which kind of leads me to my next question, which this, you may have just answered it again, but it's, 
what's your least favorite thing or even just like the hardest or most challenging part of your every day of your work? Yeah, um, that would have to be the, the financial aspect of it. It's not necessarily that I don't enjoy doing it. Um, you know, I, I, I love pouring my heart into a grant, um, and then, you know, working and developing relationships and then, um, being, you know, having the organization being awarded a grant and working with that foundation. I mean, that is a wonderful experience. However, (laughs) um, constantly looking at financials, um, and having to, having to think about that a lot, um, is probably the hardest part because, um, you know, money is, it's just, it's not, it's not being with the girls. Um, and it, it's not necessarily the fun part, um, or making difficult decision decisions that make financial impact. Um, but it's a crucial part because if not, um, then we wouldn't have the organization. Right. So well, twofold. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it is, it's always, and I find that with these interviews, it's, normally something that um is their least favorite is something that's one of the more crucial it's like if i don't but if i can't do this then the job doesn't get done or the organization doesn't survive or you know it, it, they all play a part in it um you mentioned working with grants and reaching out to or you know get, having people apply for grants and writing writing those up and continuing to build those relationships so and it kind of brings me to another thought or another question that I have is, so that's definitely one avenue, right, of your focus is how can we keep the wheels on the bus? How do we keep this engine running from a financial aspect? What other types of emails or correspondences, like you mentioned internally, your team, obviously, but like, is it with volunteers? Is it with girls? Is it with girls' parents? Is it with schools? Like, what are, who, who are you communicating with, I guess, often? So, um, I'm, I'm really communicating with our, we have a program director and a program coordinator. So, so yes, I'm talking with them. Luckily, um, you know, they are, our program coordinator is usually communicating with our program sites. So that's our you know, and that usually is an assistant principal or a school counselor, um, or a volunteer. And our program director is doing the same and she's really working with the volunteers. Um, so they are handling a lot of that. Um, and I'm usually communicating with, um, you know, potential business, you know, businesses, sponsors, um, our, our board president, um, I usually have an ongoing conversation with her. Um, and then, you know, people from Girls on the Run International. So, you know, keeping in touch with them about things going on in our council. Um, and then, and then I'm also doing part of the maybe parent communication every once in a while to, to answer questions. So honestly, I, I, when you're asking me this, I'm like, I need to like, look through my email. Like, who am I talking to during the day? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sure sometimes you feel like, and most of us, right. We feel like we're getting pulled in a million different directions, but sometimes it is doing podcasts like this or just doing an audit of our time. We're like, who are we talking to every day? It's kind yeah. of like, <laughs> and across the board. Um, cool. Well, thank you for sharing that Carly. And 
Um, this, we're going to move into our kind of final piece of, well, final plus a little bonus on the end, but <laughs> final main topic, which is how do I get there? Um, if there is a young person listening to this interview thinking, yes, I relate so much to Carly. I love the idea of doing nonprofit. I could totally see myself serving in that role in five, 10, 15 years, um, regardless of their degree right now, I guess you could say, what would be the best next step for them today or upon graduation? So as, uh, as I said before, um, get involved intentionally with an organization. Um, and so, you know, you can start volunteering, but be clear with, with whoever, whoever you're working with within the organization, whether it's a volunteer, you know, coordinator or the, the director and say that you're interested in learning more about the nonprofit industry. Um, I mean, I know if I heard that from someone, um, I would love to to take them in and show them what we're doing day to day. And if you are, if you get involved and offer your skills to a nonprofit, I guarantee that they will take you up on that. Um, because there are so many jobs and volunteer opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, doing that, that will set you apart. Um, and then taking opportunities for learning. Um, I feel like, you know, it's something I, I reflect on is, you know, ver opportunities of learning versus leading. Mm -hmm. So, so really instead of trying to find a role, um, you know, to get to the next step, um, trying to learn, learn different skills. Mm -hmm. That's so good. And, and I'm going to kind of reiterate that instead of trying to get to the next step, learn different skills. That is so powerful and also so underrated. I think, I think at least for me too, sometimes I think, well, if I need to get to the next thing because then it's, I, it feels a little bit more tangible, right? It feels like a little bit more of like a benchmark step, but mm -hmm. what we don't realize is learning is really getting us to the, it's like the slower progression, but it's still as important and as powerful. Um, awesome. Okay. That was incredible advice. And I would echo everything that Carly said, and I'm actually going to be linking Carly's LinkedIn in the show notes. Um, so if you like loved her advice, you want to learn about nonprofit, you want to volunteer with Girls on the Run here in South Louisiana, or just get connected in some way, um, I would highly encourage you to connect with her, send her a message, and thank her for being on the podcast. Um, but before we close, um, we are doing a new rapid fire fourth favorites podcast edition. So uh, Carly, I'm going to ask these questions and I would love your answer in like five seconds or less. So are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay. What did you want to be when you grew up? Um, a archaeologist. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Okay. What is your favorite book of all time? Ooh. Um, oh, oh, The Giver. Amazing. That's my husband's favorite book too. Okay. Yeah. The Giver. Awesome. Who is your favorite speaker? Oh, Brene Brown listen to her podcast this morning. We are kindred spirits. Yes. I'm going to send you the podcast episode that rocked my world this morning. Oh, good. Um, okay. Favorite office accessory that you cannot live without. 
Um, uh, I'm going to say, well, I have two things. Goder buttons. If you, if you know Goder, like we have these buttons and they're just inspirational, little fun things. So I always have a few around. Um, and actually though, right now I have a little calendar, um, and it has pictures of my little baby. And so that's kind of my, my new favorite office accessory. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. I'm a calendar freak too. And I've never heard of those buttons. We'll have to get that from you after. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. And then this one's just fun and very timely. What has been your favorite activity during quarantine? Oh, uh, well, again, my, my little one, um, I, I'm getting, I got to watch him start crawling and he's about to start, um, he's standing up and who knows when he'll start walking. So, um, he's about my only activity during quarantine. Um, and, and he's brought joy, even though it's been difficult. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that's awesome. Okay. So baby time, toddler time, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Carly, this was so fun. You've made our first rapid fire experience perfect. So thank you for um, enduring that with me. I really appreciate it. Um, but again, thank you for being here. Thank you for your time and energy and what you're doing with Girls on the Run. I just think it's amazing. And I can't wait to learn more about it being a Baton Rouge resident myself. And like I said, to all my listeners, be sure to connect with Carly, tell her how much you loved the episode. Thank you, Carly. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you loved this episode and are inspired by this nine to fiver, let us know, subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Screenshot this episode and tag us on social at fourth underscore LLC. We would love to hear what professionals and industries you want to hear from next. Want more career guidance, discovery, and inspiration? Be sure to visit our website, goforthllc.com, and browse our career downloads, read our blogs, and get inspired to go forth.